Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library, and today I have another great guest on. And as all of you know that watch and listen to the show, I am located in Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's always a pleasure when I get to have entrepreneurs and business owners in my city on the show to talk about the great things that they're doing, because maybe I'm a bit biased, but I think North Carolina is a great place to have a business. So um, it's always a pleasure. So I want to welcome to the show, Kevin Jarunas. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Now, before we jump into talking about, you know, your business of Advent Coworking, um, tell us a little bit about what was your background before launching Advent? I wanted to go into art my whole life. Uh, and as I got closer and closer to going to college, my dad basically told me, I don't want you living in my basement your whole life. Go pursue something different. Uh, and unfortunately, I listened to him. So I, I ended up becoming a civil engineer, getting a master's degree in structural engineering, had my dream job in Chicago, and absolutely hated it. And up until that point, I never questioned the idea of having one or two career jobs, retiring, and then slowly dying. Uh, and that was going to be my life, and it was going to be great. And not saying that's a bad life to lead, I just never questioned it until I got to Chicago and I realized that I don't really want to be that person in the corner office in 20 years. It's like, what else is out there? So that got me down this deep rabbit hole of questioning life and the purpose of everything, frankly, and what I wanted to get into. And while that was happening, I got thrown into IT consulting. So I became an IT project manager, process improvement individual, and put my engineering, problem-solving, analytical mind to work in a corporate America atmosphere. Anyway, while doing all that, I still loved art. So I actually had a gallery show in a neighborhood called Noda here in Charlotte. Uh, this is, I guess, eight years ago. And I was the gallery show had a little kickoff event for my, my work. And I was just expecting a really low turnout, nothing major or anything. But a bunch of my friends from all around came to visit. A bunch of my family flew and drove in. A bunch of strangers showed up. And the event changed my life. And it was all just because one company or one group gave me the opportunity to be empowered to do my thing. Uh, but it was a simple concept of just giving me a space and it set me on a very different trajectory. So that got me thinking and inspired me to essentially question, how can I create an environment that provides and empowers people by just giving them a space to ultimately pursue and kind of fulfill their dreams or whatever that may be, and ultimately be better off because of it. Uh, and also while all this was happening, I've, I've always been pretty community focused I do believe uh, it takes a village and it's, I believe being part of something bigger and better than myself. I like to know my neighbors. I like to be part of a you know, larger, larger kind of social group. So I've always been community focused. I've never done that well with authority that I don't respect. And somehow co-working came into my world and the idea of creating a community co-working space that actually cares about its members was something I was really excited to try to pursue. And this was a little over five and a half years ago, almost six years ago at this point. Uh, and that was the early days of co-working. Uh, and so it, it's frankly, it's been kind of, it's been nuts since. So that, that was the, that was kind of how we all started. That was the, that was the beginning of Advent. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, one of the things I'm curious about is, you know, as you kind of travel that journey, because I think, you know, every entrepreneur we've talked to on the show and we've talked to over what, 230 entrepreneurs on the show. And, you know, as they talk about, you know, that journey of navigating from, you know, where they were to where they are now. I mean, in that process, I mean, what were the kind of the questions you ask yourself as you trying to, you know, figure out different paths and, um, you know, what were some of those questions or some of the thoughts that you thought about and that helped you get comfortable to the point that are like, hey, you know what, co-working is the space that we want to play in. I really believed in what we were trying to build because I felt it firsthand, I guess, seven years ago during the gallery show. And that belief in what we wanted to create really helped get early adopters on board. So we created events around different friends and acquaintances that I knew around different topics about creativity or inspiration or entrepreneurship. Uh, and it was all around the idea of creating and kind of fostering this community in advance to actually having a footprint on the ground, uh, like a physical location. In a way, it was, it was fun, but it also helped vet the idea, but it also helped just get our name out too of who we are, what we're trying to build. And so by doing that, we actually were able to get 21 founding members who basically paid us for membership. Some of them, I believe, paid almost six months in advance before we actually had the doors open. And that, to me, helped show that what we were trying to create, I mean, it was just words and it was real, but we, I, I mean, I really believed in it. And people, I think... Uh, saw it was genuine and is genuine uh, and wanted to be part of it. And it was, uh, so I think that, that, that kind of helped test the waters that what we, were, what we were creating was of value for individuals. And that made it easier to leave corporate America. Uh, the idea of leaving a cushy paycheck and benefits and everything really is in my very privileged world. And I understand that it was still very scary for me to take that leap. Uh, but I think I've said this before to some other not on this podcast, but uh, you know, my wife, she works full time. She's, she's amazing. And she wants to keep doing her, what she's doing and she really loves it. Uh, and so having her believe and support me to basically jump off the deep end made it possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, when you spoke about, you know, the, those founding members that, you know, that, that really, um, that, that really bought into what you guys were doing, um, were there any key factors or, or, or key feedback that they gave you kind of in those early days that really that they said, hey, this is what you were doing, that this is what attracted us to, you know, Advent co-working? Most of the early adopters wanted to be able to interact with other people. Like, you know, people, number one reason people come to co-working spaces is to be productive and get work done. Uh, and for us, though, and we very much respected that, uh, but we also created all these different events and opportunities in ways that made it very easy for members to organically interact and grow. Uh, and we saw people connect and collaborate all the time. And that's kind of that's really been our our whole drive from the, from the get go is seeing strangers meet that never would have met before and their lives are changed in a really positive way because of it forever. Uh, we've seen people get married, business partners form, businesses created, collaborations happen, guests meet up with random people. It's just, it's really fun. And we 
ultimately build this environment just to make it easy. It's still on the individual to ultimately want to talk to someone, to ultimately bump into someone and make eye contact or whatever. Uh, but we make it so those opportunities are, are ever present if you want them to be. Uh, so a lot of people said that they like the vibe of our space. We're very, I'm calling it industrial chic. It's, uh, it's, we were in an old Kellogg factory uh, that is now refurbished. And it's a mixture of all these wonderful businesses and it's called Hub 933. So you got like a top of brewing, paper planes, uh, micromarket deli. Uh, I'm completely like an Oso skate park is in here. They're actually moving soon, which is a bummer, but um, they're off the greener pastures. Uh, and there's a couple other businesses, a yoga company. This is like the build, building we're in is really unique. Axe Club as well, Battle Axe. I'm sorry, they changed names and ownership over the years. Uh, anywho, so the just seeing how all these businesses and people have grown over the, uh, I'm going off tangent here. I'm sorry, I, I deviated from your question. But no, I think that that no, I think you were going down a path of, of one of the things that I was going to ask um, about. You know, like I said, from what the building used to be, um, did you guys have to do the 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 build out from I guess say refurbishing the building, or was it partially refurbished when you guys moved in? We were in a really fortunate situation with this building in that. <laughs> through the power of connection, my neighbor that is a really good friend of mine connected me with another guy who was his friend and that guy connected me with his friend who was a lawyer and that lawyer is now my friend and he also connected me with the owner of this building who happens to be and at the time owned a construction company. <laughs> you know, so it's like this crazy, it, you never know where your, your social capital or your, your connections that you make may lead you down the road uh, as long as you're open to looking for these opportunities. Uh, but anywho, uh, so it, we got to the point where the owner of the building recently purchased it and he also owned a construction company. And he liked the idea of co-working. He thought it could work, and so did I. Uh, and he thought it would also be a great way to energize and bring people into a building. And you'll see a lot of these developments try to incorporate a co-working component because it forces people into a structure. And then by do, like into a building, and then when people are in the building, if you have other amenities and other components of that building, uh, naturally co-working members will gravitate to some of those other businesses if they're providing food or services or a gym or whatever it may be, beer. Uh, so, so we struck a deal where they did the build out for our first expansion. And we've since, so we started at 4,700 square feet. And over the course of five years, we've expanded uh, to about 28,000 square feet. So, so we're actually going to be doing a fifth expansion here shortly. That'll be opening in February, sneak preview. Um, we're adding a bunch of micro offices, uh, another meeting room, and a couple more dedicated desks. But I digress. So each expansion that we have done with, with the same landlords, uh, it's been a combination of us putting some money in versus them putting majority of the money in or jacking up our rent rates to accommodate for the construction costs, et cetera. So it's... Uh, it's gotten, it's still been great. It's just each expansion has been a little different flavor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. Now, one of the questions I, I'm curious about is, you know, as you start thinking about, you know, where, you know, Advent co-working has been and, you know, you think about, you know, what you originally started off with, you know, how much of the, I guess, how much pivoting and how much of, of changing have you had to do, um, through the era of COVID? 
oh, through COVID era, a lot. We, whether I like it or not, we had to be on the forefront of what was happening in developing with COVID, specifically within North Carolina, and then even deeper within Charlotte. Uh, so, because we were essentially creating the voice for all of our members to create protocols in place that everyone had to follow, whether they believed in it or not. Uh, so early on, and I guess this was April, late March, early April, right before any of the mandates were going out, we, we basically put a bunch of protocols in place, mandatory, gosh, I can't talk today, uh, essentially requiring all members to wear masks at all times in the space. We cut off all guests, we cut off all external events, we cut off all member events, no food. Um, we installed touchless, we basically made all the doors touchless to be able to get in and out of the facility without having to touch anything if you want to. Um, added a bunch of sanitizer stations everywhere, added whether they truly work or not, we added a bunch of flex, um, clear plexiglass barriers around the open dedicated workspaces. Um, and so now when each workstation has its own cleaning supply with it, so we've installed an iWave HVAC filtration system that's supposed to be the best way to purify the air. And it legally can't say it kills COVID, but it's, it shows how well it works with other bacteria and viruses and fungi and all kinds of horrible things that are in the air that I don't want to think about. Um, so we, we did a lot and we've, when it got down to just essential workers for a, a short period here in North Carolina, we, uh, we were, we've never closed. So we remained open during that period and essentially only allowed members that self-selected to be essential workers to come into the space. Uh, we, we thought it wasn't on us to define who is essential. Uh, so by doing so, I think that helped us in the long run stay like reopen faster because we never had a close. Um, so we were able to be very nimble with what was happening, frankly, every other day, it felt like it was changing rapidly. Uh, but with all that too, brought a lot of, I'm just gonna say it, it was very frustrating and annoying at times when some members did not want to comply with wearing masks. Because we saw the, the spectrum, some folks who were extremely safe and did not, you know, were extremely conscious and other folks who didn't believe in COVID and then everyone in between. And so we had to really, I'm going to say we basically had a police humanity to, to help ensure that safety remained the highest priority for our space. And, uh, and it sucked and it still sucks, but we do it. And uh, a lot of the members that were not comfortable with it essentially have left, which also stings, but I feel that we're stronger and better because of it, because now our community that is here cares about safety and they really care about Advent and they care about the overall community of all the members within here. Uh, whereas individuals who didn't think masks mattered and didn't care about COVID and all that to me, it, it, they may have not have been the best fit in the long run for what we were trying to build here. And unfortunately masks have been pretty polarizing for that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I know. Your question, but business overall has been about the same. I mean, we've lost a lot of revenue. We're hurting because of that. Um, we've also we had a hunt down for PPP money, um, emergency disaster relief loan. We got a small grant from North Carolina. Uh, each one of those was its own mini marathon and uh, feat to get to get any kind of help. Uh, but we were able to attain a lot of it, and that brought kept some of our team afloat. Uh, so we were able to keep two of our team members full-time 
uh, which I'm calling a win. And our flex membership, flex membership essentially are the individuals that don't have a private office. They can come and go and sit wherever they want, but there's no assigned seating. That took the biggest hit. Our offices have actually been pretty popular still, which has been great. Okay. That is, that's awesome. You know, one of the things that I was going to also ask about is, you know, with having a co-working space, you know, you know, we, we, we push COVID out of the, the, the picture of this conversation, or I guess this part of the conversation. And you say, you know, with having a co-working space, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is how do you play a role in helping foster, like say the culture of Advent along with still making room for each of these individual companies to have their own culture? Huh, that's a good question. Were you like reading my mind or where'd you come up with that one? I like that one. So that's, that is a, it's a struggle, but also an asset. So we give, your question was how do we build culture or why bother? Well, I guess it's more of, you know, how do you manage that with Advent having, you know, the culture you want to build for Advent at, at the same time, still leaving room for each of these individual companies to build their own unique cultures. I see. We initially, we've always kind of claimed and strived to have, like you said, our own culture. So any member, regardless of what your company is or how large or small or what you're doing, you could just tap into our programs and our membership and everything that we do uh, to essentially feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. And we have, we have our mission and we have our values and we've stuck with those from day one uh, and we live by those and breathe by those and everything we do is, is influenced directly from those. Uh, and so that essentially is the culture that our members are adopting into. Uh, and the mask thing, just real quick back to that, that if, if safety wasn't a priority for you, you're not aligning to the culture that we're trying to build within Advent, it's not gonna be a fit. Uh, what we have learned though, unlike some of the larger co-working operators, kind of like the WeWorks or Spaces or Novells, they, or um, Industrious, they really can cater to some of these larger teams, uh, like 100, 200 person teams within like a Microsoft, for example, uh, that essentially have their own world, their own culture, their own floor, their own space. Uh, and to me, that's the other extreme that we really didn't want to have uh, because then it's too big and then their own world and they don't need or want to care about the world we're trying to build. Uh, so it almost becomes like a, a, a disruption for our members or a more of like a negative than a, a benefit. We have found that the sweet spot for us are teams that are generally five people-ish or less, uh, that everyone on the team, for the most part, is into the idea of co-working. They want to be here. They're generally happy to be in this building and, and happy to talk to people. Uh, where you, the teams get too big, they're just there because their bosses are here and they have to show up and it's just a job and they don't give a shit about where they're at and what they're doing or who's in the space, just get me to the fridge, get me to my desk and don't talk to anyone. Uh, so we, we've been slowly having it be, slowly working towards having smaller teams in our space. Uh, and they're, you know, and they have their own culture too, which is awesome. And we don't want to at all influence or dictate or destroy anything that their company is doing. We just hope that we can help enhance it when they're here. 
Awesome. Awesome. Now, where can people find uh, Avent Coworking Space? Uh, where are you guys located? And how do they get in touch with you if they're interested in uh, renting space there? We are about five minutes directly east of Uptown in a neighborhood called Plaza Midwood. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. We're considered Belmont, North Carolina neighborhood, uh, which is right next to Plaza. It's basically near Plaza Midwood and near Noda. So we're, we're right around the urban core. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of us is either go into our, our website, it's just adventcoworking.com, or emailing us at info at adventcoworking.com. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, one of the questions that I like to ask every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about, you know, the journey that you've been on and you think about, you know, where your business is now and, and some of the things that you, the challenges and victories that you've experienced, you know, what's two pieces of wisdom that you would share with other business owners? Be very careful who you decide to give equity to. Meaning if you're going to have a business partner, really think critically about what that means, what both of you will be doing, how much percentage each of you should own. And I would strongly encourage everyone to avoid being in a 50-50 split. Because if you actually end up hating each other, legally, no one can save your company because one of the, no one is allowed to make the decisions for what should happen. Uh, and one more piece, and I've said this in a different talk, and so my, if, if I don't want to be boring, but I'm going to say it again because it's been a kind of a revelation for me, is that uh, success is not defined, or success does not define happiness. Uh, the idea that once you've made it, or once I've made it, uh, I'm going to be happy uh, and this will be it and I'm, I'm finally there it never is there there is never a there uh, and so I've, I've realized over these years that the happiness that I am searching for I fi find myself it's all within there's there's ways and techniques and you meditate all this shit to, to essentially be whole and then when you're successful you're in a happy marriage you have all these wonderful things happening in your world that's just icing on the cake to life Awesome. Well, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed having you hearing your story and hearing a little bit more about the the Advent culture and the Advent story. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. Uh, and I, I did all the talking. I'm sorry, but thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business